What's up, guys? It's me, AJ, and you're listening to Housewives Happy Hour with AJ, and it's time for After Hour Tea. All right, guys. Well, welcome back. Um, It feels great to be doing After Hour Tea again. I know I had um, taken a break, I think two-week break from After Hour Tea just because There initially wasn't that much going on, and then the holidays just kind of kicked in, and it was just crazy busy. Um, So anyways, um, I hope everybody had a great time with their families and everything, but um, it's time to go back to talking shit and drama (laughs) about all of our favorite housewives. All right, so let's start today with Orange County. Um, So I did find a little um, uh, interview let's say, yeah, it's interview with Us Weekly. Um, Gina um, kind of revealed her feelings on Bronwyn and, you know, her current feelings with Bronwyn's situation and uh, whether or not she should leave um, Housewives. So she said, I think that Bronwyn is still going through really a lot with this sobriety and emotionally and her figuring out her marriage and her sexual confusion and stuff like that. These are major things to go through, and I just don't know if this is the right venue to go through these those things in. Um, it puts us in a really kind of scary situation, I feel like. It's hard for us to navigate to as a group, but then again, I know that's interesting. Um, well, obviously, with the recent news that just came out that we're going to talk about in a little bit, um, I definitely... I've kind of said this before um, in my Orange County reactions, and I think I've probably said it on After RT before. I don't feel like Bronwyn is at her best right now for her to be on a reality show. I think I think she should have done kind of a one-season thing and just kind of phased out. Um, she's just going through such a tough year, and I don't, I don't feel like this was the right... Um, yeah, I just... I agree with Gina. I don't feel like this was the right platform for her at this stage in her life, you know, with what she's going through and all that. So... Um, yeah, I, I would have to say I agree with Gina, um, and um, I I still wish Bronwyn the best. I just don't see um, a bright you know future in Housewives for her just with all this stuff that's going on. All right, so moving on with Orange County news, I don't know how long you guys have been watching Orange County, but if you've been watching since the beginning, a couple seasons ago there was a um, housewife on called Peggy, um, and she was like the Armenian lady, if you remember her. Um, and I guess she was on a appearance. She made an appearance on a podcast called the pop Politically incorrect podcast. Um, and she kind of threw some shade at Shannon, um, her former co-star, um, calling her a bunch of names like calculated and lunatic. <laughs> so, um, and saying that she would basically do anything to stay on the Bravo hit reality show. Um, So here's a couple quotes for you guys of what she said. Um, She said, she's a lunatic. Um, Shannon is a lunatic. She honestly needs help. Um, She also said she needs to be on meds, especially to calm her down. She needs a Teven or something with her hand gestures. God damn, you're 60 years old. Calm down, lady. (laughs) Um, So Peggy was on season 12, um, and that was in 2017. Uh, she also went on to say that um, Shannon would do anything to keep her spot on the show because she needs the paycheck. I think she's calculated. She needs a paycheck. She's divorced. She needs to stay on. She's been on for a while. She knows the game. She plays it right. Um, she also said, I-, I don't think she's authentic. I don't think she's real. Um, and then she also came in on in Bronwyn's defense um, amid all this season 15 feuds that are going on. 
um, and said that I would be on Bronwyn's side because I'm more sincere. And that's like a deep situation if you're an alcoholic. Um, she also said, the girls are just insincere and why would you do that? Why would you do such a thing like that? Be understandable. She said she's an alcoholic. Isn't that good enough? And she's crying for help. I would be the one to hug her and be right next to her and understand her situation. Um, I definitely agree with her in the whole Bronwyn sense. I, I was actually shocked that not not all these people... Actually, I'm not that shocked because none of them really are like true friends with Bronwyn. I mean, um, I'm not shocked that they're not supporting her. But it would be nice to see some people like truly support her and not, you know, bring alcohol in a flask to her thing. And I, I just... It, it's... It's petty and catty. I think it's stupid. So I agree with Peggy on that, but um, I do think she came a little hard on Shannon. Um, obviously, Shannon's doing something right because she's still on the show. But um, yeah, you know, guys, I mean, you know how I feel about Shannon. I feel like it um, is nearing her time to be over. I don't really feel like she's adding anything to the show. If anything, you should have gotten rid of her and kept Tamara. Um, but who knows? I mean, I definitely think we're going to see some sort of casting shift for um season 16 of orange county there will definitely probably be something going on to switch it but um yeah i i would have to say that i agree with peggy with most of the things she said but she did come in a little hard on shannon so <laughs> we got to give her that obviously in orange county world we got some big news this week um so bronwyn um decided to publicly come out and say that she's gay which um i think is great i mean um, you know, it's, it's going to take, or it took a lot of courage and bravery to come out on social media and say that, but, um, uh, props to her for sure. And, uh, for those of you who aren't on, aren't on Instagram, um, or didn't see the news, um, I have the post from Bronwyn, uh, her caption is, it feels so good to finally be living my truth. I am a lesbian at 43 years old. I've finally been able to accept this part of myself and I've realized there are no rules about when someone should come out. This is my time. Um, she also went on to say, I'm finally comfortable enough to say I like women. I'm gay. I'm a member of the LGBTQIA plus community. Jesus mouthful. Um, she also said, let's see. Um, and it has taken me 42 years to say that, but I'm so proud of where I am right now. And I'm so happy where I am to be able to be comfortable in my own skin after so long is just so nice. Um, I have always been, is what she said, and she said, I got married very young, and now, oh, I'm sorry, I got married very young, and I never thought about it, so to be 42, I'm just now starting to feel like I'm becoming the woman I was supposed to be, so for me to be living completely authentically and say I'm a lesbian, that was who I've always been, this isn't something that is new, no, I've always known it, but it took me personally 42 years to be comfortable enough in my own skin to say that, um, and so, um, so she is, uh, for those of you who don't know, she is currently dating somebody, a woman. Um, and, but she doesn't plan to file for divorce or leave Sean. Um, she says, you know, Sean and I are still married. I plan on staying married. We are not sleeping in the same bedroom right now, but we are in the same house. We are raising our kids together. He's my best friend. He knows the girl I'm dating. Um, first of all, I just want to say completely happy for Bronwyn. I think that's absolutely fantastic that she, um, came out at, I think she should have done it sooner. I mean, uh, she's taught her kids from what I can see to be very open and honest with each other and themselves and be their authentic selves. So I wish she would have come out sooner, um, is my only thing. However, I do have mixed feelings about her staying married to Sean. I, I don't think, um, personally, I mean, I've said this before, I'm not a relationship, relationship expert, but, um, I am 
openly bisexual myself. And, um, so I, I can relate to her in a way, um, though I've never been married or, you know, anything like that. I just think that, um, to, to, you know, kind of put yourself in that bubble of being lesbian where you, you're only attracted to females. Um, I, I don't personally feel like she should stay married to Sean, um, just for that reason, because I, I think she should be able to live her true, authentic, true, authentic self. Like she was just telling us. And, um, I don't feel like you're your true authentic self when you're married to, you know, a guy when you're claiming to be lesbian. I don't think that that's, um, I don't agree with that. Um, but I mean, you never know what's going on behind closed doors. I mean, obviously there's a lot going on in that whole household, right? And, um, I wish nothing but the best for her, but I do hope that she decides to eventually dissolve her marriage with Sean because, and I don't want to say divorce, but I just want to say dissolve because I, I don't think of it as a divorce when, you know, she's now come out as lesbian. But, um, you know, I, I definitely predicted this. I saw when, you know, when her and Sean were kind of having those troubles and, um, she was saying that they're dating other people. I was like, okay, um, she definitely could be gay. It's a possibility. So, um, again, happy for her, but I do wish that she would, um, think about in the near future, possibly dissolving her marriage, because I think it would just be happy for everybody, you know, and uh, regardless if she's still best friends with Sean or not, I just think that it would, um, it would be emotionally great for her to, you know, be able to say that she's single or even with a woman, you know? So I have a little segue from Orange County into, um, Salt Lake City, T, um, so, uh, Jen Shaw recently revealed, um, why Kelly Dodd from Orange County is her least favorite housewife. Um, she spoke to Access Hollywood and revealed that, um, Kelly was her least favorite. And this is a quote from her. Um, I don't know her personally, but I'm just basing this off of her social opinions, coronavirus opinions, wearing a mask opinions. They're very much against what my personal beliefs are. Um, I don't feel like any of that stuff has to do with her as like a housewife, like on the show. But I mean, uh, yeah, I mean, Kelly Dodd obviously has some very strong opinions, so I can understand why um, people would hate her for that. But um, at the end of the day, guys, everybody's going to have their own opinions. So there's nothing we could do to change that. Um, and um, yeah, I mean, if you don't agree with it, you don't agree with it. What, are you, what else is there to say, you know? <laughs> All right, so that was my segue into Salt Lake City. Um, not much going on there, but I do have a little bit of a um, s- snippet of like an article for you guys. Um, so Heather Gay um, was speaking with the Salt Lake City Tribune um, on what her viewers can expect from Jen Shaw this season on Salt Lake City, um, who we now know to be a firecracker. <laughs> um, so um, she said, quote, She is electricity, she is charismatic, she is funny, she is sharp, she is volatile, she is passionate, she is crazy, and I love people like that. Um, They're terrifying, but they're the most fun. And um, I also have a little snippet of Jen Shaw. Sorry, I'm trying to find it. Um, I'm not sure where I found this. I think it was just an article. Um, But Jen says that she admits that she's very excited being the first Polynesian housewife in um, Bravo uh, Bravo's, all of Bravo's franchises. Sorry, I can't speak. Um, she says, that's why I'm so excited. I'm the first Polynesian housewife. I told Sharif, um, her husband, if it wasn't for the coronavirus, we'd be throwing a luau for the whole state of Utah. 
Um, and then she um, kind of revealed um, why she decided to join the series. She said that that was really the, determ- the determining factor for me to get involved because I felt like I needed to represent that we do have successful minority businesswomen here in Utah. Um, I think that's definitely honorable. I think that's great. And um, I always like seeing like new, um, you know, um, I don't want to say races, but just I, I guess that's what I mean, you know, because we're getting um, an Asian housewife on um, uh, Beverly Hills. Sorry. We're getting an Asian housewife on Dallas. You know, we're getting all these different, you know, um, you know, people from all these different cultural backgrounds and ethnic bath. Uh, eth- I don't know why I can't speak today, guys, <laughs> but you know what I mean. <laughs> um, I just like seeing all the diversity on um, all the franchises. I think we need more of that. And I think that's super cool that she um, kind of took that on herself to, um, you know, represent her her culture and her community with Bravo. I think that's great. All right, I'm going to move on to Potomac. Um, there hasn't been much going on other than Andy um, recently shared his... Um, well, he shared some details, let's say, about the upcoming uh, Potomac Season 5 reunion. Um, and I believe this was on... Um, yeah, this was on Watch What Happens Live. And then also, um, um, I, f- I have a little blurb from Giselle um, from Bravo's chat room. So um, what Andy said on Watch What Happens Live was, I was really amazed by how dramatic it was when the husbands came. Um, and then Robin... Um, Robin Dixon, she chimed in and said, there's so much to watch. I just want to say being in that room, I was happy to finally let everyone say what was on their minds. Hopefully we can move past everything. Um, and then, um, Giselle was teased kind of what went down for her in the reunion during an episode of Bravo's chat room. If you guys don't watch Bravo's chat room, it's kind of like, um, I I haven't watched it either, but I've seen previews for it. It's kind of like, um, uh, um, like a watch what happens live, but it's just housewives. And I think, um, I know Giselle and Portia are on it. And then I think there's a couple other, but I don't, I don't know who, um, but anyways, Giselle was on and she kind of talked about the reunion a little bit. And she said, um, uh, a major breakdown recently. And you will guys, you guys will see, um, as a little tease to the reunion is I was sitting there very nice and pretty and everybody and their grandmother was coming, (laughs) coming for me for about eight hours. And then in the last two to three hours, I just lost it. Um, she says, wait and see. It was a doozy. It didn't go well for me. Um, I'm definitely interested to see what she's talking about because I feel like she had such an easy season, but then again, um, you never know at the reunions. The reunions are so unpredictable. Um, all I can predict for our season five Potomac reunion is that it's going to be nothing short of drama. And um, I cannot wait because the reunions are my favorite part of the seasons. That was it for Potomac. A um, little bit of news from New Jersey. Um, so I did catch Teresa on um, Watch What Happens Live. And she gave us a little teaser about her new boyfriend. <laughs> Um, I think his name is, yeah, it's, uh, Luis, Ru- Ru- oh God, Rulis. Um, he goes by Louis. Shit, I hope I didn't butcher that name. Um, she told Andy that it's fairly new. Um, so she's take. she said, I'm taking things slow and we'll see where it goes from there. Um, and then she also gave an update about her divorce from Joe. Um, she said, I'm still waiting for the date from the court. Um, all the paperwork is all done. We're just waiting for a court date because of COVID. It's taking forever. So there's your little update on Teresa's life. Um, I'm assuming they're not revealing too much just because um, I think New Jersey, 
I think they're still filming. I, I don't think they wrapped yet. They had to extend it, and I don't know if they're still filming or not. But um, yeah, I don't. I don't know when we're gonna get a preview for them. Maybe February, I think. Um, but yeah, I miss New Jersey, guys. <laughs> I'm gonna turn over to Dallas real quick. Um, we did get our uh, upcoming season trailer. Um, I posted it on my Insta story a couple days ago, so if you guys didn't catch it, you can have a, head over to bravotv.com and catch it there. But um, we do have a new housewife joining the ladies, uh, replacing Leanne Lockin, um, if you didn't already know that. Um, we also have a friend um, of the housewives, um, Jen Davis, So, um, but she didn't have a uh, bio on Bravo, so I'm assuming that she's not in the season at, or on the season as much. Um, but uh, our newest housewife um, is Dr. Tiffany Moon, um, and here's her bio. Born in a small town just outside of Beijing, China, Tiffany Moon moved to the United States when she was just six years old. The product of extreme tiger parents is what she said. Uh, she graduated college at 19 years old and medical school at 23, where she finished in the top 10% of her class. Introduced to the ladies by Deandra, Tiffany struggles to find the balance between her demanding job as a frontline worker during a pandemic and being a wife and a mother to her five-year-old twin girls. Um, I'm excited to meet Tiffany. Um, one thing I do have to say, um, I think Dallas like filmed a lot during COVID, so um, I'm kind of predicting that there's going to be like a lot of like different opinions on um, just because Texas has been kind of like. Um, one of those states like Florida where they're like a COVID hotspot or whatever the news says. Um, so I'm predicting a lot of people are going to have a lot to say about, um, you know, just, you know, filming during a pandemic. I, I don't know. I guess we'll have to wait and see, but I am excited to meet the new housewives for the show. I, again, I, I love Dallas. I think it'll be fun to watch. All right. And moving on to Atlanta. Um, Cynthia Bailey is filing a $170,000 lawsuit against her ex-husband, Peter. Um, and it's reportedly over, um, money that he allegedly owes her, um, in relation to their business, um, that they had together, which was Bar One Atlanta. Um, I could have seen this coming, but, um, <laughs> so, um, yeah, I guess, um, Cynthia's name is apparently on the deed of the building, um, which is now in foreclosure. Um, and Peter is not set to pay the money until January 2021. And so, um, uh, yeah, so basically, um, I got this information from this blogger. Um, her name is, let me see it, Michelle uh, Brown. And so um, her quote was, it was, this was on her YouTube channel called Reality Blurb, by the way. Um, and she said, I've known about this situation quite some time. I didn't know if Cynthia was going to use it for a storyline. I didn't know what was going to happen. Um, but apparently uh, this particular lawsuit was filed prior to her marrying Mike. Um, and it was actually filed on September 22nd of 2020. Um, she also went on to say something about um, how um, uh, Peter was fighting the lawsuit since the money in the question is not actually owed until January 30th. Um, and then she kind of believed, um, or she kind of revealed why she feels that Cynthia might be filing, um, before the payments deadline. Um, she said, I suspect that Cynthia Bailey may have filed it in September to, f to file a few months early because courts take time. Of course, she didn't want to file it in January because he owed it in January. Maybe she felt it filed in September by January, they go to court and by January she gets paid. I don't know. But I also suspect that she was using it for a storyline. We all know that Cynthia is a tad bit boring. <laughs> we all know that Cynthia's entire storyline was Mike Hill and their wedding. And we also know that Bravo had refused to film their wedding. 
So what, pray and tell, would prompt her to file a lawsuit on funds that are, aren't necessarily due? Um, everyone always says that Cynthia is boring, and I kind of disagree. I mean, I feel like she does add a lot to the show. Um, I mean, granted, her storyline last season was kind of all about Mike, but, um, you know, uh, what? I don't understand what, you know, what, what they mean by... You know, I, I hate it when people say storyline, because I, I know that there's, you know, like they have to be deemed interesting enough to be on the show, but, like, Cynthia has been on for so long, and I feel like um, once you get to a certain point, you're just there for, like, the longevity purpose, and you're not really there to um, add an extra layer to the show. It was kind of like with Nini, like, her time had kind of run out. I don't feel like Cynthia's done. Um, I still feel like she has, um, you know, she's still in that friend group very much, whereas Nini was kind of getting excluded and excluded. Um, so yeah, I disagree with that. Um, I didn't know that Bravo had refused to film their wedding. I don't know why. Um, I'm going to try to find some more information on that because that is obviously some tea that's interesting and worth talking about. <laughs> um, so um, I, so if you guys remember, Peter's Bar One venture was actually adjacent to Cynthia's uh, modeling agency, the, ba the Bailey Agency is what it was called. Um, but Cynthia had to switch the locations due to the building being in foreclosure, which was a big... Um, you know, storyline on Atlanta for a while. Um, so Peter shared the news to Cynthia on the Bravo hit reality series. That's what I saw here. Um, and then she was claiming that he had made, uh, he had been making regular rent payments to the landlord, but the landlord failed to make su uh, sufficient payments to the bank, blah, 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 blah. So that was on reality blurb. Um, I, I don't know. This is just so, um, so I do, well, here's a little thing from, um, Cynthia, this was in 2017. Um, she said, we actually have unfinished business. Um, she, she, this was told to Essence in 2017. She said, I'm his partner at Bar One Atlanta. We're building it now. This was a project that we started while we were together and we kind of put it on hold while we were kind of not liking each other so much. Um, so that was back in 2017 when they were kind of building Bar One together. Um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, the whole Bar One thing was so like ridiculous. Um, like with the whole foreclosure thing, I remember it being such a big deal. And I guess like Peter had tried to work out a deal with the bank, um, like showing his rent payments that were made to the landlord. Um, but the bank went ahead in their decision to like foreclose the property just because I guess something happened with the landlord, uh, landlord. But then Peter did promise to open the new bar, which was the venture that he had in Atlanta in another area with Cynthia. Um, but, um, Cynthia, I guess loaned money to help purchase the new building and maybe she wasn't paid back in full. I don't, I don't know that, um, you know, for a fact, but I'm assuming that's what happened. Um, anyways, um, I was kind of wondering how Peter was doing, and now I kind of got my answer. I feel like they're just not talking anymore, and um, uh, obviously with legal troubles and money involved, it's probably not the best situation for them to be talking to begin with. All right, so I do have a press interview um, with Cynthia, speaking of Cynthia, um, and she was kind of dishing on... Um, you know, filming for season 13, um, and then also being shut down after a production member tested positive for COVID. Um, so she said, the current status of production is we are still quarantining right now. Um, we are quarantining right now, and I have to give Bravo some props. We have been shooting the show for almost six months now with very few incidents. They have done an amazing job of keeping us healthy and safe. We get regular testing. I just had a test yesterday. I've been getting tested once a week for six months. By the grace of God, we've been able to actually film this show, and we have only three more weeks left. So we should finish our quarantine, hopefully, probably by the end of the week, and knock out these uh, couple weeks and give you guys season 13. So, um, yeah, I mean, it looks pretty safe. Like, I don't... 
I mean, during the preview, like, it looks good. I don't think they need to... I Honestly, I thought they were... I thought filming was wrapped. I didn't know that they were still filming. But um, it's weird that they would, like, start it right away. I would think that they would want to wait. But, um, yeah, I mean, looks like they're doing a safe job. I have to say, it looks really weird, like, watching everybody with those, like, face shields on. Because, honestly, like, I, I don't feel like if you don't wear a mask and... Ugh, I don't want to get too political on here, but, like... <laughs> I feel like, you know, if you don't wear a mask and you just wear a face shield, like, I feel like there's no point in really wearing it. I, I, I don't see how that really protects you. So I don't know, like, I mean, I guess they're getting regular testing, so it's fine. But I, I don't see how, like, that really prevents, you know, anybody getting COVID. Um, so I guess we'll have to wait and see. But, um, yeah, just from the previews alone, like, how everybody was, like, wearing face shields, like, I don't really see how that prevents anything. So um, I guess we'll have to wait and see. Okay, so I know I told you guys a little bit about a um, new cast member for Atlanta. Her name's Drew Sedora. Um, and then they also have a friend. Um, uh, her name is Latoya, Latoya Ali. Um, I saw she was filming some confessionals earlier last week, so we'll probably get some stuff from her too. But um, So Drew Sedora, um, she was kind of spilling some tea about season 13. Um, and um, this was with E! News. I got an interview from E! News. Um, and she called Cynthia Bailey a goddess, um, <laughs> saying that she was, uh, quote-unquote, um, absolutely stunning, beautiful. And I just remember thinking, like, man, she is so sweet and genuine and down-to-earth. And I think we just clicked naturally from the first time meeting. Um, she also said, someone who I was kind of nervous about meeting was Marlo. Um, she actually is one of my really good friends. Uh, then why is she nervous about meeting her? I don't know. Okay, she said she is actually one of my really good friends. She really is a genuine, humble person, and we connected instantly upon meeting. So I was excited about that. Oh, so maybe she's saying she's good friends with her now, but she was nervous before. I don't know. Um, she also revealed that she grew close with Portia. Um, I guess they're neighbors. And she said, Portia living in my neighborhood, obviously our daughters play. I thought that was just right on time because we're new to Atlanta. So my daughter has a little play date. Just getting to know the women on a real level for me has been really great. Um, and then she was asked about the drama for season 13 and she said, would it be the real housewives without drama? Question mark. <laughs> uh, she said, I mean, yeah, you can't, you, uh, you can't get along with everybody. I will definitely say tune in and watch because unexpectedly the drama unfolded, but unbeknownst to me, I am really someone who loves to have fun. I love to let my hair down. Um, and let's see, she said, especially having three kids and going through all I went through, I was trying to make friends. I'm new to Atlanta and that definitely um, didn't go all as planned. And you'll come and you'll see some of that play out this season. Sorry. Um, so she also said a little bit of what we're going to expect from her um, this season. She said the fans will see Drew and her husband. Um, or I'm sorry, the fans will see Drew and her husband Ralph's marriage struggles. And she said, unfortunately, right now. Before we started filming, my husband and I had just gone through one of those moments in marriage, a disagreement. And on top of that being quarantine, I had gone and ruptured my Achilles while performing. So I had three surgeries. Jesus Christ. I contracted an, inf an infection. So he was my nurse. He was administering my IV and antibiotics. He was having to wait on, my, wait on me hand and foot, literally. Uh, before cameras came into our home, we had had pretty much a blow up. I think we were both at our breaking point and he left. Uh, he left for three days and I didn't know where he was. Um, she says that having the cameras around made us really feel 
um, uh, made us really have these conversations and deal with things head on as opposed to putting things on the back burner. And so for the first time, you'll see us going through marriage counseling. And I think all in all, it's hopefully had a positive effect on our marriage. We're still working through a lot of our problems, our issues. Um, I, I've kind of felt this way, like where I feel like, you know, in, in, in the right doses, I feel like this show can honestly help you in your marriage a little bit because you're put into that position where, I mean, it can help you and hurt you, but I think that it puts you in a position where you're vulnerable to others and others, you know, offer opinions and, and their, their help and guidance. And I feel like some marriages can really strive, you know, from, um, is that the right word? Strive? Yeah. They can really strive in like this kind of environment where you're put into this, you know, box and people are watching you and judging you. Whereas some people, it kind of, uh, like, I'm trying to see both sides here because I can understand how it could be a positive thing because you're forced to, like, say, hey, what I said earlier was not cool. Whereas most of the time, you just forget about what you said and you move on. But sometimes it's good to see yourself and see how you behave with your, you know, your partner or whatever. Um, so I, I could see it as being a positive thing, but I can also see it as being a negative thing. Um, okay, so um, to wrap that interview up a little bit, she also shared her thoughts on the drama surrounding the stripper gate so um if you guys don't know what the stripper gate is um i don't know if i've talked about this on here before but apparently there was a huge um uh i mean it was shown in the preview if you saw the preview for season 13 of atlanta um apparently a stripper was at cynthia's bachelorette party and i guess there was a quote-unquote threesome involved with the stripper tanya and portia so I, I don't know much other than the fact that they're claiming that it didn't happen. So, um, but I guess we're going to watch it play out on the show. We're going to see what happens. But Drew kind of shared her thoughts on the drama surrounding that. And she said, I was kind of shocked when things started coming out because we all indulged. I'm like, no one did anything that the other girl didn't do. So it's kind of surprising to see people throwing shade or trying to throw people under the bus. But we will see. Um, she also added that she didn't hear noises. Um, and saying that she went to bed after um, she and all the ladies got lap dances and got dirty dancing lessons from the stripper. Um, she said, so I went to sleep. Needless to say, I didn't hear anything. So I was shocked when I heard about these so-called noises coming out of somebody's room because I was totally knocked out, didn't hear a thing. So I thought it was made up. Um, they said the cameras were um, rolling. I thought they weren't rolling. So I guess we'll see. I'll be watching just like you. going to be really interesting to watch this play out because I, I want to see... Um, all the information I want to, I want to like, I'm like a detective when it comes to this shit. Like I want to know all angles, all sides so I can kind of understand and assess the situation. Um, just from firsthand information, do I feel like Tanya and Portia were involved? I don't feel like Tanya was involved, but possibly Portia, I could see that happening to be honest. Um, but like I said, without passing judgment on anybody, I think we will just wait and see and decide when, uh, when we see. All right, so I'm going to wrap it up today with Beverly Hills. Um, obviously, I'm going to start with the most recent news that we heard just a couple days ago. Um, Kyle, Kathy, and Dorit have all reportedly tested positive for COVID-19. Um, and this was according to TMZ, so I don't know how accurate that is because I haven't seen any posts from Kyle, Dorit, or Kathy. But um, yeah, this, this is what TMZ said. Uh, source stated that all three of the women have tested positive, and they're all recovering at home, and none of the women had serious symptoms. So... Um, yeah, um, if you didn't hear about that, then you're just hearing about it now. <laughs> okay, so uh, we're going back to talking about Brandy again because she wants to stay relevant. <laughs> um, so, <laughs> apparently Brandy says that she is no, no longer on speaking terms with Kim Richards after there was hookup rumors. 
between her, Kim, and then also Carlton. If you guys remember her from, I don't even remember what season. Uh, she was like the weird Wicca lady, if you remember her. Yeah, she was really fucking weird. Um, so Brandy said um, on her unfiltered podcast, she said, Kim Richards is still not talking to me. She said that she's upset about this threesome rumor, and I said, are you joking? Um, I think it all started when I put up a picture of Carlton, Kim, and I. Those are two of my favorite girls. They're people I'm actually friends with, and that's where I think it all started. Um, I'm going to make this clear. I've never had a threesome with Kim and Carlton, never with Kim ever. We are just friends. Um, Brandy said that it was she and Carlton who engaged in a hookup with a mystery man. Um, she said, Carlton and I, we fooled around. It was after her and David split up and we had a wild night. Um, I don't know why Brandy like opened her mouth and like said anything about, or I guess Denise kind of said it, but I don't know. Like she should have never said anything about having a threesome with anybody. Like, I think it just created this whole mess. And now like, she's just trying to stay relevant guys. It's just all for clickbait. And, um, I don't know. I'm just annoyed with Brandy now. Like, I think she's so annoying. Can someone just please agree with me? Cause I feel like everybody's on Brandy's side and I feel like I'm the only one who thinks that Brandy is so annoying. By the way, before we stop talking about Brandy, I just, I found this funny ass tweet on Twitter, um, that Brandy tweeted, um, in reaction to Salt Lake City the other night. If you guys watched, um, <laughs> she said, the two fakest bitches on hashtag Real Housewives of Salt Lake City are Diet Coke bitch and tons of glam hubby picked her up in a 1996 Land Cruiser bitch. The rest I'm not mad at. They seem authentic. Love it or hate it. That's my opinion. <laughs> oh, God. You gotta love Brandy, right? No, I hate her. <laughs> okay, so I guess recently Jillian Michaels was on... Um, and I, I promise this has relation to Housewives. <laughs> um, so Jillian Michaels uh, was recently on a um, podcast called Hashtag Adulting uh, with uh, host Zach Peter and Abigail Freyer. Um, this was on November 24th. Um, and I got this from Us Weekly. Um, so it says that Jillian Michaels uh, reignited her drama with Andy Cohen over the keto diet. And she called out her former... Um, she called out the former... Um, uh, she called out Teddy. You guys remember Teddy. <laughs> Sorry, I can't speak. Um, she called out Teddy during a recent interview, too. She said, um, like with Keto, Al Roker and Andy Cohen, I was like, great, let's have this debate. Then they were gone. Vanished. Bye-bye. Gone. Um, <laughs> she went on to said, uh, you know, anybody who paleo, vegan, I mean, bring it. So you have to do your work and be prepared in order to put something out in the world that has staying power and that delivers on the results. Um... Michaels was also asked to share her thoughts about um, Teddy's accountability program. So this is where Teddy comes in. It's called All In, if you guys remember. Um, and it, actually this, you know, with all the tea going on earlier this year about the drama and all that. Um, so Jillian said, you know, these women are not, they're not nutritionists. They're not registered dietitians. It sounds like they're not certified fitness experts. And it doesn't sound like they got all those individuals behind their program. And I could very well be wrong. I don't know. But it doesn't sound like they did. So this is where I would say, look, get out of your lane. You don't see me commenting on politics. I don't understand half of these policies. I'm not an economic... I'm not an... Uh, oh, I read that wrong. I didn't go to school to study foreign policy. You know what I mean? That's not my lane. I would say stay in your lane. And when you're in your lane, do your work. Um, well, I don't know. I mean... Like, I feel like Teddy did study 
Uh, isn't Teddy? I don't even know. I don't even know what Teddy does, to be honest, guys. I don't. I don't understand what this accountability accountability program is. Like, I don't really know how she makes her money doing that. But she's obviously doing very well because her husband and her have a big ass house in Beverly Hills, so they're doing well. So that's all I have to say about that. All right. So wrapping up, I have new information about Erica and Tom. Um, so they've actually been sued for allegedly embezzling money. Um, so Erica and Tom were sued by Edelson PC, I guess. It's a company. Um, it's um, a class action firm. Oh, yeah, there we go. Um, and on behalf of a number of Boeing plane crash victims for allegedly embezzling settlement funds meant to help the victims of Lion Air Flight 610 per the federal court documents that were filed on Wednesday. Okay, so the lawsuit basically was saying that Tom and his law firm, Girardi Keese, are, quote-unquote, on the verge of financial collapse and locked in a downward spiral of mounting debts and dwindling funds. Um, and his quote unquote need to fund outrageous lifestyles for him and his soon to be ex-wife Erica Jane is the reason for her spontaneous divorce filing earlier this year. Uh, lawsuit also said while Erica publicly filed for divorce this month on information and belief that divorce is simply a sham attempt to fraudulently protect Tom and Erica's money from those that seek to collect on debts owed by Tom and his law firm, GK. Uh, the lawsuit was claiming that this is not the first time Tom kept funds meant for clients for himself, as he continues to use that money to find his and Erica's lavish, oh, to, to fund his and Erica's lavish lifestyle, release personal guarantees, pay down loans, route the money to friends and family, and satisfy other outstanding debts. Oh, I feel like it's... Yeah, I was kind of wondering, like, I mean, to a certain point, like, you know, I don't know, it's hard to speak on, like, financial matters, because it's like, I don't really know their financial situation, but this is some shady shit, all I have to say is, like, <laughs> um, I don't, I wouldn't expect much of this to be on the show, just because I feel like there's so much that she probably can't discuss, um, because of legalities, but, um, yeah, I mean, this is just crazy, like, um, I, I kind of thought that we were going to be left in the dark a little bit with this whole divorce thing, but I feel like every week there's something new that comes out. So we kind of just have to react and see how it goes by the day, I guess. Well, my friends, we have reached the end of After Hour Tea. I hope you enjoyed it. I am out of breath from all that tea that we spilled, and um, <laughs> hopefully I get to see you guys next week. Um, I never know with the Housewives world, there's always news going on, or sometimes it's quiet. Um, I don't have any updates in terms of uh, filming updates for you guys. I mean, obviously Atlanta is still quarantining. Beverly Hills is now quarantining. Um, and I've heard that um, New Jersey, I think, has shut down again um, because of COVID. I don't really know because I saw on social media that, like, Melissa was vacationing. It's kind of been in the dark for them. I know they've been doing confessionals and stuff, but... Um, yeah, I'll let you guys know when I hear some more updates. But um, thank you so much, guys, for tuning in. Thank you guys so much for listening. If you liked it, please subscribe so you know when the new episodes are here. As always, send me a voice message if you have any questions or any drama you'd like me to address. Follow me on Instagram at AJ Jafari for updates on the podcast. Until next time, this was Housewives Happy Hour with AJ.